0: This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest … I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. There is no official religion in the United States. Now our people are of many faiths or no faith at all, but what actually constitutes a religion? What does the word religion really mean? Is secular progressivism a religion? One scholar not only believes that, but believes it's become the unofficial state religion of the United States. Russell Dawn is an associate professor of history and political thought at Concordia University in Irvine, California. He recently penned an article for The Federalist titled The Masterpiece Cake Shop Case Proves America's State Religion is Leftism. I ask him what he means by this on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's fast track. President Donald Trump addressed his Supreme Court pick in light of Roe v. Wade on Sunday when he said that abortion may soon end up with states. The president said that even if he won't ask potential justices their views on overturning a woman's right to abortion, he will put a conservative justice on the bench. U.S. Senator Susan Collins, a key swing vote for the next U.S. Supreme Court nominee, says she will not support a judge who opposes Roe v. Wade and abortion. Collins, a pro-abortion Republican from Maine, told CNN on Sunday that she believes Roe v. Wade established abortion as a constitutional right. A conservative legal organization is asking the full U.S. Third Court of Appeals to review the May ruling of a three-judge panel against a school privacy law upholding Pennsylvania's school opening of its locker rooms, showers, and restrooms to students of the opposite sex. The Alliance Defending Freedom, a nonprofit public interest law firm and allied attorneys, are spearheading the appeal of the May ruling. During the 2016 17 school year, Boyerton High School in Boyerton, Pennsylvania, opened its restroom facilities and locker rooms to students of the opposite sex without warning. On May 24th, three judges of the U.S. Third Circuit Court of Appeals in Philadelphia heard oral arguments over the lawsuit and subsequently ruled 3 to nothing against student privacy. Days after the U.S. withdrew from the United Nations Human Rights Council of 47 nations, a U.S. attorney has been named head of a multi-faith non-governmental group advising the U.N. on religious freedom globally. Alliance Defending Freedom International's Kelsey Zorsey began serving June the 28th as president of the NGO Committee on Freedom of Religion or Belief. It was formed in 1991 to advocate for international agreements upholding such freedoms from within UN headquarters in New York. A Congressional Prayer Caucus Foundation has scored a few small but significant victories this year. Five state legislatures have passed laws mandating that every public school prominently display the U.S. motto, In God We Trust. The addition of Arkansas, which passed such a law last year, brings to sixth the number of states with public mandates, including Alabama, Florida, Arizona, Louisiana, and Tennessee. Those laws, mostly sponsored by legislative prayer caucuses in about 30 states, were inspired by the Foundation's 2017 manual known as Project Blitz. That's a 116-page guide for state legislators listing 20 model bills in which God We Trust is the first. The last abortionist on the island of Guam, Dr. William Freeman, has retired, leaving the island territory completely abortion-free. Before retiring, Freeman committed abortions at the Women's Clinic, and the doctor who worked under him, Dr. Jeffrey Gable, has now taken over the facility. Unlike Freeman, Gable refuses to commit abortions. This is World Lutheran News Digest. The website will long after I'm World Lutheran News Digest host, Kip Allen. My guest today is Russell Dawn, who's an associate professor of history and political thought at Cagordia University, Irvine. Good day, Mr. Uh, is it Professor Dawn? Is that how I address you?
1: Um, you? You may address me how you wish. Uh, <laughs> Mr., doctor, professor, any of, those, any of those works.
0: Tell me a little bit about yourself, sir.
1: Well, um, I uh, used to be a lawyer. And um, then when, uh, when that was uh, bringing more misery than, um, <laughs> than was healthy, uh, I, I went back and pursued um, graduate degrees, including a doctorate uh, in uh, Church history and historical theology at Oxford. Um, then uh, my family and I, I have uh, a wife and um, two daughters, now teenage daughters. And so at the end of my doctoral work, my wife and I uh, moved to Missouri, and then from there uh, out here to California. We've been in California for, for six years.
0: And you do teach at, at uh, Concordia University, Irvine. That's correct. Professor, the reason I called you is I've read an article that you wrote called The Masterpiece Cake Shop Case Proves America's State Religion is Leftism, which appeared in recently in The Federalist tell me a little bit about how you came to this conclusion, and but part of it is, is trying to define what actually is religion.
1: Yes. When we were living in Missouri, I was teaching at Lindenwood University, and um, your local listeners will be somewhat familiar with that. And um, while I was there, I, I uh, was teaching a class on, uh, on religions generally, intro to religion, and I became fascinated by the struggles of the, the authors of the assigned textbook uh to come up with a reasonable definition of religion and and ultimately the more i looked into it the the more i came to uh settle on this this definition that uh, that well we don't have a precise definition but we do have kind of an idea that once uh once a world view is trying to uh settle on on matters uh you know basically on transcendent matters what is human nature uh, what is the nature of the world around us? Is there a, a, a um, supernatural realm? Is there a god? Are there many gods? These sorts of questions are, uh, are perennial questions, but they're also transcendent questions. They're bigger than an individual or a community or a society. And so if we answer those uh, in a way that seeks to integrate them, basically to be a whole, where one's view of the supernatural fits with one's view of the world around us, and those two fit with uh, our view of human nature, well, really, we have then entered the realm of a religion. Whether or not we have uh, one god or many gods or or no gods at all, in any of those cases, we're still dealing with uh, with a religious worldview.
0: One of the things you wrote that fascinates me is... uh, I'm going to quote here from the article that you wrote. It said, Marxism provides a clear illustration. This belief system tries to make sense of humankind in terms that uncannily parallel Christianity. It tells of the original innocence, primitive communism, the fall into sin, private property, the human condition since the fall, class struggle, of the conquest over sin, the proletarian revolution, and of the paradise to come pure communism. Marxism also tells us the meaning of life, claiming that our purpose is merely to produce the means of satisfying our needs and that society can be perfected in this purpose when we finally jettison property and class and achieve and achieve communism. How does this translate now into the modern progressive movement?
1: Well, um, that's a, that's a great question. And um, part of the reason I say it's a great question is it's not something that, um, I'm not as satisfied with with how I answer that in the article as I'd like to be but um that that economic uh, the economic view of communism the marxist Leninist view of communism is is something we don't see all that often today. What we do see is a is a derivative uh which we can label progressivism now this is something that has um roots back in the Progressivist movement of more than a century ago, um, Teddy Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson and and, and those folks, but that um, their progressivism uh, is is not really the same as modern progressivism. Like I say, their roots are there, but it has evolved over time. And what began to happen is in in around the 1930s there were some Marxist theorists who who began to expand on Marx's. Uh, economic view of class struggle, or economic view of struggle, and and they, they expanded that out to include really all matters of culture, that any time that there are uh, differences, they don't have to be class differences. They could be differential treatment based on sex, or as we say nowadays, gender, or different treatment based on race, and that sort of thing. And so, so really all aspects of culture are fertile grounds for Revolution for for overthrowing oppressors and bringing a complete equality of outcome. That was what Marxism was seeking: an economic outcome, an, an economic equality of outcome. And what this sort of evolved cultural Marxism was seeking and is seeking is equality of outcome in every category. And that's really where we get modern progressivism is out of that more cultural Marxism of the 1930s. I, th-
0: I think one of the basic uh, differences between that and traditional Christianity, for example, is they believe in the perfectibility of mankind, where we believe we are inherently flawed and cannot be perfected, at least not through ourselves.
1: Yes, it's a uh, progressivism. You're, you're you're exactly right. That's sort of the idea behind the name progressive. We are progressing toward a a perfected state, um, and that perfection comes on Earth. And it's a remarkable um, bit of self-delusion, really, to to think of humanity as perfectible, to to look at history um, and think, yeah, we're on our way to perfection. Just just take a look at us. Isn't it obvious that we're on our way to perfection? It really isn't. It's not It's not obvious to anyone who looks uh, with any seriousness at, at history, including 20th century history, including the history of atrocities committed in the name of bringing about this communist uh, utopia.
0: Well, certainly we've seen it in the Soviet Union. We saw it in uh... Oh, Cambodia after the uh, after uh, Pol Pot came to power, but you also bring it out that it's it was done. This concept of perfectibility was done. Everyone from Mary Tudor, who tried to bring Christ, uh, Catholicism back to the back to England, there was the French Revolution when and the secularist revolutionaries who were very happy to do away with uh, any kind of religion and blamed uh, Christianity was blamed for the excesses of the ruling class. It spawned. It, it spans a great deal. Of of uh, humanity, again. There's this, this <clears throat> there's this misguided belief in it that we can be perfected and that there is a some group who can define what that perfection is.
1: Yes, and it is usually a, a group that has power. Now, maybe as in the case of the uh, French Revolution and the Bolshevik Revolution, they were out of power and through the revolution gained power, um, but. It, this uh, this idea of bringing about perfection, uh, well, the, the problem is it always meets up against the stark reality of fallen humanity, and of disagreement uh, among fallen humans, and and so once it runs up against that, it sees well there is a there is a major obstacle to this perfect realm we're trying to bring about, and the obstacle is those people, and so we really can't seem to perfect those people so we should eliminate them. And then the rest of us can go about uh, finding our perfection.
0: I think we're seeing this a lot in today's society. For example, the concept of, quote, hate speech, unquote, where the argument is, well, what you are saying, what your belief is, is hatred, therefore I don't have to reply to it, I don't have to answer it, you're not important, you are beneath me.
1: Yes, yes, that's it. that's exactly right. And um I think this is both a, a symptom and a cause of our further problems. It's a, it's a symptom in the sense that um, universities have, uh, and and certainly not all universities, but many have um, begun to to jettison uh, reasoned discourse, um, rational debate, and and the idea that reasonable people can disagree on fundamental matters. And so once. Um, once universities uh, began to step away from teaching that, and, and not just teaching it, but, but inculcating it, making it part of the university culture that we are going to have reasoned disagreement, once they began to step away from that, well, people were less prepared to deal with disagreement. So, so people graduating from college uh, in, in the last few decades are less prepared to deal well and, and in a healthy way with reasoned disagreement, and, and so they instead deal with it by anger and temper tantrums and this sort of thing, which then uh, fuels further, uh, you know, irrationality in people's responses back, and, and really, it's just a, a downward spiral.
0: Well, you pointed out in the article, uh, progressivism as the American religion is the American religion. Some of the very basic tenets of the progressive movement almost as religious uh, dogma, LBGTQ, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, third-wave feminism, socialism, white privilege, the police, on and on.
1: Oh, yes, I'm sorry. That may have been um, confusing the way I worded that. The the white privilege police, basically people uh, telling telling, uh, uh, white people that they can't talk, and especially white males, they can't talk about matters. Uh, dealing with um, uh, gender or race because uh because they have white or white male privilege and so people policing that is a progressivist approach. Yes, we we really can't get away from progressivism completely uh in modern life. And as a matter of fact, we would be we, we're the more we examine ourselves, the more we realize we've been influenced by this. Anyone who has Uh, been in in public school and in in the public sphere over the last 30 years has imbibed somewhat of progressivism and may not even realize how much that uh, worldview, which is contrary to Christianity, has uh, infected their thinking.
0: Modern Christianity is based upon the idea that we can come to God, or God, God is already in us. This is a Lutheran doctrine. God is already in our heart. We just have to open it up and listen to Him. But it seems to me that progressivism rejects the idea of free will. It rejects the idea of uh, of of uh, dissent.
1: Yes, um, that's an interesting point, rejecting the idea of free will because really, if uh, to the extent people, are uh, exercising their free will in a way that coheres with progressivism or, or that that fits with their view of uh, of people overcoming oppression, then they will certainly celebrate free will the free will to uh, of the of the oppressed person to overcome the oppressor but they they don't uh, they're certainly not open to free will when it comes to exercising it contrary to their worldview so it's um, Free will for me, but
0: not for thee. It's a road to to, uh, to tyranny, I believe. There is a, uh, a book that was written a few years ago by Jonah Goldberg called Liberal Fascism.
1: I oh, yes. I remember the book.
0: Uh, have you read it? Yes. Oh, I, I, fascinating, fascinating thesis there. That that uh, that fascism is actually a creature of the left, not of the right. I think he makes a very uh, persuasive, a persuasive argument
1: on that. He does. And um, really, if we look at, you know, peop- people like to point to, to the Nazis as, as a, a, a creature of the right in Germany. And, and really, Nazism as a specific form of fascism was a hybrid. It had the, the left, progressive, um, socialist strain. You know, it, it, it was the National Socialist Party, and that name was not by accident. But then it also had sort of the the um, racial nationalist uh, approach that uh, historians of political thought associate with with uh, the right. Left and right are are a little bit uh, difficult to nail down because they always come in a context. So in that context, it would be the right uh, in Germany. But um, but in terms of of modern worldview, it is it's much more. Uh, Readily associated with with the left, if you look at it with a degree of objectivity, and, and we see this in in the the violence uh, committed against dissenters in in modern day on, on campuses, and uh, I guess I guess a fair bit of that is happening on campuses where uh, where dissenters from progressivism are are greeted with um, protests that are at least. Uh, loud and unwelcoming, and at their worst, uh, mildly violent. I, I do want to point out, um, just to be clear, you know, as, as we do move somewhat in the direction of tyranny under, under some of these, uh, uh, these progressivist manifestations, we still, and I know you're aware of this, we still have it much better in America than a lot of places in the world. It's comparatively easy to be a Christian here uh, than it is to be a Christian in many places around the world. That being said, it's more difficult, I think, to be a Christian here now than it was thirty years ago, for instance.
0: Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. <clears throat> look at uh, for example uh, uh, pro-life movements on campuses where they are actually being confronted or they are being denied funding from the student fund that is given to pro-life uh, pro-choice groups
1: yes and and that is very much a matter of uh, of you know, a worldview distinction. Basically, that the informally established religion of progressivism is not allowing freedom to the to the religious dissenters, Christians.
0: Well, one of the things that was pointed out uh, uh, this this really came up to an extent with the masterpiece cake shop, but very much so also with uh, flowers, uh, Arlene's flowers, and uh, sweet cakes by uh, by Melissa, mm-hmm. where they're revolt, if you will, against the orthodox concept of gay marriage being equal to other forms of marriage was not just s- simply something that they disagreed with. It was that those proponents were evil and had to be punished.
1: Yes. And that, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah,
0: and it's almost like, you know, for example, uh, uh, with, with Masterpiece, where, uh jack Phillips is told that he had to do re-education boy where have we heard that phrase before
1: yeah. yes indeed I, I really wish more people would um would read uh George Orwell's 1984 and and read it with an eye toward how might I and my group be doing what what i what Orwell is pointing out here yeah, um, yeah
0: read it if, as a read it as a warning not as <laughs> not as a how-to manual
1: <laughs> right. Well, I I think I mean people are reading it more these days. It's coming up in in um, in classrooms where where the, the professors are, are on the left, but they read it completely as as you know. Well, we can see uh, we can see Donald Trump in this, but I think I think we ought to read books like that that book and other ones um, that are warnings as potential warnings to to ourselves we we should not be so proud as to think that we're incapable of uh, of uh, committing atrocities or even just moving a step along the road toward atrocities you know all human beings are capable of this because all human beings are fallen but again people tend to read books like that as warnings about the other rather than warnings about themselves.
0: Well, looking to uh, the increased concept uh, today in the United States of tribalism or of balkanization or of identity group, it it reminds me a lot of the Lord of the Flies.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) That's another uh, disturbing book that we ought to read, again, with um, ourselves in mind, not as the the oppressed. I can't remember the characters' names, but not as the uh, oppressed boy, but as the uh, oppressor boy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was scary, and it was oddly pres- prescient. It's it's. There are some times I wish I hadn't read all these books. I got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I agree, uh, Professor. We're coming up uh, toward the end of our time here. How should we, as or orth- as as regular Christians and as Lutherans, look upon this this change, the situation, and how should we adapt to it?
1: Mm, that's a good question, and there it's it's challenging because. I think we, as Christians, have a tendency to want to fix things quickly. It's not all that long ago that uh, American culture was uh, more predominantly Christian, and so we think we ought to be able to go somehow back to that in, in fairly short order, but that's not possible. We can never go back. But even still even if we could we there'd be no way to do it in short order so i think what we need to do is look at this as an intergenerational problem and begin sowing the seeds for uh for a a better future a future where uh the worst possibilities of the progressivist uh establishment don't come true right that that's what we need to think is all right there there are some terrible possibilities ahead how to how do we make sure that those things don't happen? so it comes through how we educate our kids. It comes through how we uh, watch films and TV shows with our kids. Do we hit the pause button and 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 talk about well, what have we just heard? How is that um, how is that different from Christianity, and how is it like the mainstream view? I, I also think parents need to educate themselves about progressivism. We, we cannot just sit back and kind of fly by the feet of our pants, and now I'm mixing metaphors, but in, in any case, we need to educate ourselves on what's going on out there.
0: Listen to what and, progressives and, are saying.
1: Yes. Yes. And figure out, well, how is that, how is that wrong? And and then we're better equipped to, uh, to equip our children to teach them well, raise them in the faith, and not just um, according to, to, to the faith, but a faith that understands its enemies, the things that are trying to destroy the faith. Um, and when I say its enemies, I mean rival worldviews, world not people. You know, Obviously, we're not, we're not trying to, to, to aim at other people, for our, our fight is not against flesh and blood. In any case, so we equip ourselves, so and, and be very proactive about equipping our children, so that they can equip our grandchildren and so on down the road.
0: Professor, thank you very much for your insight, and I highly recommend anyone who's listening should read your article. It is on uh, thefederalist.com, and it's called Masterpiece Cake Shop Case Proves America's State Religion is Leftism. Thank you very much for being on the program. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime, streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.